0: Hello, Grace and Peace. We're taking Anarchy to Church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. I'm Josh, AKA Iowan Cap. And I'm Jeff Park, AKA a Zorro
1: backed prosecutor. Oh, see say, say that one more time. Say that one more time. <laughs> a Zorro backed. Zorro backed. Zorro backed. It's, uh, it's, it's sort of the, the, the anarchist version of being Soros backed. A Zorro backed.
0: <laughs> Oh no! We're only thirty I... seconds into our show. We've already committed an anti-Semitism. <laughs> <laughs> For more pre-show banter, check out Preambling Twenty Four. Now back to the show. All right. So, uh, this week we are not back in Revelation because somebody has only studied half of the passage, uh, and so. <coughs> Randy it's Randy's fault really it's Randy's fault he broke the plate uh, I tried to stop it okay Um, but we um instead last scene, with, last scene with the high priest laying his hands
1: on his horns and sending him into the desert Randy uh,
0: <laughs> yes um but we are we are um, Jeff brought a a project a thing we could talk about, um, and uh, he had actually spoken about it on an episode. Uh, yeah, I up-
1: yeah,
0: a while ago. Um, but it's uh, so called it the laws of the public policy process. And uh, Jeff, how about you explain the background of this a little bit for us before we dig into it?
1: Sure. Maybe even so talk he, about
0: what we're going to do tonight. Sure. These laws were formulated
1: by uh by Morton Blackwell, who is a who is a Christian um uh thinker, I'll I'll call him, who uh um who started the Leadership Institute uh to train uh Christian conservatives primarily for political action, but but conservatives broadly for political action and and I, uh, so, you know, I, I've often thought that the uh, the laws of the public policy process were uh, were, in, in many ways, good biblically seasoned wisdom um, for, uh, for people who want to, Preserve and defend. I've said. I've said before, and I don't think on this show, but I, I've definitely said before that I'm. I'm not particularly afraid that the other side will get these ideas and steal them and 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 use them because I don't think they work <laughs> for them. I think they actually. I think they actually work well, um in a Christian worldview, and and when you're trying to preserve and defend, rather than, uh, um, rather than. Uh, undermine and destroy um so uh so anyway i just i wanted to um uh so i'm a fan uh of this but i i wanted to come and test it and and let let's talk about um uh whether whether this is a good biblically season, seasoned wisdom because you know oh um we, we, uh, we're theology first, uh, well, exegesis first, biblical, um, uh, biblical exposition first, theology, uh, and, uh, and, and we're putting all those, putting all those things for, and even, even economics is a, is a foundational, uh, it more of a more of a foundational field, whereas anything that's where you're getting into political science or 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 practice uh, then then you're talking about the the how and not the what <laughs> and certainly not the why uh, you know um, and um, and and so so we normally we normally don't talk all that much about practicing politics. But obviously our theology and our biblical convictions are relevant to the way in which we would practice politics, the way in which we would expect to our theory of political change, our theory of 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 how to advocate for change. And so I think this is a good way of opening up that discussion and 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 we'll we'll see we'll see what all we have to say. Um, about this uh because uh i i think uh i think it'll be a good way just these little these little aphorisms are are a good entree into talking about uh how does christianity affect the way a politician politics or the way or even just the way an activist (laughs) activates (laughs) uh or uh uh how how do the how do the principles we hold and the wisdom we hold from scripture apply to the way we would seek change in the political sphere so that's that's uh what i hope to talk about and i uh uh this is not the bible so i uh i'm open to criticizing it um but uh but in that sense it's uh sort of like going into the Chicago statement or something like that, where I, I, I have a feeling that I'm going to end up agreeing with it, but let's, let's get into it and, and, and talk it through.
0: <laughs> I, on the other hand, um, because it's about public policy, uh, am disposed to hate it. So, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> my exact words, when he brought it up, I'll, I'll, I'll out our, our private conversation. My exact words, when he brought it up was, uh, that sounds super boring, but if you think it won't be, then okay, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're gonna look at the, the the laws of public policy process. We're gonna we're gonna think about it. We'll talk about it and uh, see what we think. Um, yeah, we think it's good, uh, worth thinking, um, adopting or whatever. Um. So let's let's start at the top and we're going to we're going to time ourselves we're going to make sure that we stop at, at about an hour um we're not gonna we're not we're not even aiming to get it all done tonight we'll see if we pick if, if we like it we'll pick it up some other night but uh right let's yeah, start. let it, and
1: let us know, and and and
0: and and to some extent also viewers
1: uh let us know <laughs> let us know if you like uh <laughs> uh let us know if you if 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 you like it and would like to see more of it, if, or if or if you agree with Ioan Cap's first impression, um, <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and and think that we've had enough excuses to not get into Revelation six. Which- <laughs> Obviously that's true, but also, uh, let us know, let us know if next time we're trying to stall, uh, to not get into a book, if you'd rather like us to finish or not, I guess that's, that's really, that's
0: really what we're asking. So I'm going to, I'm actually zoom in for the, for the sake of myself and for the viewer, not for the listener though, which I, uh, have been told I need to be nicer to you since you make up most of our audience. Uh, (laughs) but you've been told by you you. (laughs) i've been told by this weird thing called math where like you look at the numbers if you believe in that sort of thing (laughs) carl Menger Hard is it (laughs) um so the laws of of the public policy process number one never give a bureaucrat a chance to say no
1: Yeah. Uh, Are you Are you, are are we getting iwan Cap React first or or am I explaining First
0: uh, well I'm just <laughs> gonna say what I think It's saying okay because because like I would yeah. Love like to hear what 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 like what this Looks like in practice or how it gets discussed in your Circles because I'm assuming because this is a Canadian policy Oh
1: no, still... no 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 this guy's know, in this Virginia is...
0: Oh okay so this is Trans, trans uh, But I, I still I don't do much in the world of Public policy so still Good to think about um so Never give a bureaucrat a chance to say no. Um, I hear that as like, um, is that a sales technique or sort of approach? Or is it a sense in which you tailor the question in such a way that they have to say yes? Like, like how does this work Uh, out? Ah,
1: no. It means don't make your political gains subject to the bureaucracy agreeing with your political goals. Oh. assume that the bureaucracy is going to disagree with your political goals and tailor the law and policy yeah. in such a way that they
0: don't have a chance to say no. Okay, I okay, I yeah, I kind of I agree I I guess I agree with that. Um yeah, I just realized that everyone's also gonna be distracted by, by looking at this by by looking at the next question. Um, but but no no okay, okay I guess that, that kind of uh, dovetails well with um, Robert Conquest's political law um, that the, the actions of a bureaucracy is best explained if you assume by it's been taken assume it's been taken over by its enemies. Like, the, if any organization's bureaucracy, if you assume it's been taken over by its enemies, just the way that bureaucracy works. And so, like, even if they are on your side, you don't give them a chance to say no. So you're, you're going to come up with a way to end around the bureaucracy or force them to do it in some way. Like, you just don't give them a chance to say no. Which is why I use a $6,000 photo of Tolkien as
1: my avatar without giving the Tolkien society a chance of saying no, because I assume and in fact know that it's been taken over by the enemies of Tolkien.
0: Yes, (laughs) absolutely has. Um, You can be sure of one thing. If the Tolkien society says it, it's wrong. Um, Yes. (laughs) That's an infallible law of the universe. Um. Yeah okay so i get it i get it. i i i'm with it i think um yeah wisdom wise like yeah that this it's just like it seems to be like that's something that i think christian denominations need to understand and uh mm. de-bureaucratize. like i i really think that there is a sense in which like christian organizations need to remember that to the extent that you expand the bureaucracy that is that is the extent to which you are fueling your own demise like as an organization like uh which is once again an a ar- great argument for the local church authority and uh and and uh making voluntary uh associations and and vol- offices being based on voluntary association as well and keeping the higher bureaucrats at at, at a minimum and yeah yeah well, and I would also
1: say that this would, this is, this has implications for how you make policy. In that, in that, so if there are two ways of accomplishing your policy goal, and one is top down through through the bureaucracy, you're going to you're going to achieve your policy goals by expecting bureaucrats to carry them out, or the other is you're going to say, give money directly to families and let them decide where their kids be educated. <laughs> For instance, just throwing something against the wall. Uh, and then you're going to favor the second of those two options every time, yeah. right? Is yeah. so, that, so that if something I don't like is happening in the school, so this is, I mean, this is, to me, it's perfect that it's number one because it's the whole... It, it's, it's a big part of my whole philosophy of public policy making is if if a parent says to me, I have a problem with the schooling system, then I say to them, yes, school choice and decentralization, debureaucratization, get rid of <laughs> get rid of of uh, more more educats in mm-hmm. Alberta education. This is how we'll fix your problem. What was your problem again? Oh yes, that still applies, uh, right? Like <laughs> um, yeah. it is it is like I don't have to hear the problem to know that that's the solution, and that and that uh, um, and that if by definition, if families don't want it and educrats do, <laughs> then then we we take it out of the educrats' hands, put it in families' hands. That way, we'll see. More of what families want, and less of what they don't want, and this would apply to all kinds of things. Through so, it's it's very relevant to. You know, so we talk about we 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 talk about how 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 is a ra- radical ideas like anarchism? How are they going to play out practically in politics? One of the things that you've got to think about is, um, like, if if ultimately your goal is to starve the bureaucracy, don't expect the bureaucracy to be on board with your policy yeah, goals. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so so you we gotta a, figure out ways yeah.
1: to get around it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so no complaints so far. One for one. All right. Great. Yeah, we get number <laughs> two. Uh, don't fire all your ammunition at once. That's number two. Don't fire all your ammunition at once. Um what I understand that to be is um if you've got like I the I'm going to think about this when when I think about this, hear this, I think immediately of the rollout of uh this, the the information that um WikiLeaks uh, acquired over the uh, about Hillary Clinton. Mm. In, in the 2016 election the way that they perfectly timed the drop of information uh in such a way and, and the content of information in such a way that um they were able to alienate barack obama from hillary clinton before dropping the really hard uh aggressive stuff and so they 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 um it's like they dropped the first batch. I remember the first batch of information was a little lighter, a little bit higher on the conspiracy theory aspect of like what is going on. Just enough, like it was like like they put all the tantalizing stuff out there of like what is going on, what are they talking about, and then got Barack Obama to jump out and say like, oh no, we're on her side, we're defending her. Then the next batch drops, and it's all Hillary Clinton, uh, crap talking the Obamas, and. <laughs> It's like the whole batch, like she, they knew they were going to lure Obama into defending her and then drop all the information about how much Hillary Clinton hated the Obamas. And then, uh, the third, then it was like, by the time they get to the third one, they were like, uh, they were like, it's like, Obama was like, I'm done with this. Uh, I'm not, I'm not jumping out. I'm not defending you. And so then they dropped the real stuff with like the third and fourth batch. Like that. I remember that was something like that of like, Oh, this isn't too much. And yet I would say that that is the problem that Roger Stone got into a lot of times, right? Where mm. he would he would he would shoot all of his ammunition at once. Um, right. or you get the uh, the problem that um the honestly that the the Trump administration got into regarding the Hunter Biden laptop where they waited until it was too late to shoot their mm. ammunition. So they they fired all their ammunition at once by firing it too late. Um, right. you know, like you want to keep the scandal going as long as possible. You don't want to, you don't want to just drop all the information and be like, everybody sees it. I, I'll say, also say Project Veritas Crush is is very good at this. Like they'll drop a, oh yeah, a video talking about we have got a big thing coming up, and they'll drop one thing, and then you're like, it's gotten to the point where I always like I'll watch the first video and be like, oh, this isn't so damning. Let's see what they come up with on. <laughs> video three like yeah. if if the first first episode isn't too damning i'm like the good stuff's coming later like they just mm-hmm. want us to keep stay tuned oh they're dropping info on cnn i'm gonna sit up <laughs> you know and and they they do a good job of that one well, and part of that is you know you if 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 you do
1: this and i also associate this with like opposition research and, yeah. and attacks on your on your your opponent and that kind of stuff uh mainly although i think it applies in a lot of ways um uh i i I apply to even getting someone to want to join my organization is is rather than bombard them with 30 reasons why they might want to join i'll I'll give them one that i think will work that always gives me the opportunity to come back with another one in a month (laughs) <laughs> and 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 so on and so on. And it's not like you already told me all this, right? Um, so so it applies in a lot of ways. But but one of the most obvious ways is is with opposition research and and attacks on an opponent and stuff like that. And um, and and uh, and definitely, um, if you can if you can do it in such a way that you get lazy and inaccurate defenses because of your first round that then fall apart in subsequent rounds. That's, that's the ideal. That's the ideal. Um, so I've seen this done, I've seen this done poorly. Um, this attempt to, to get a drip 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 going instead of, and, and, um, but if you understand your audience well, um, that will that will keep you away from from most of the biggest mistakes. Um, and, uh, and 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 so, yeah, you just need to need to understand the audience well. And then it's also then if one of the other advantages there is if they, so if they respond and the response is inaccurate, then you've caught them in a lie. If they don't respond and then you keep coming with drip, 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 And it gets progressively more serious. Then. Well, why haven't then by the time the, the real serious stuff drops, it's like, You've had six months to talk about, or whatever, right? Depending on how long, <laughs> how long your timeline is. This has been going on for weeks. This has been going on for days, whatever. <laughs> um, is you've had plenty of chances to respond to these allegations, and it looks more and more. So, so either way, either way, if you construct this well, uh, and if you understand your audience well, then it's uh, um, then that that's the that's the way to do it. But yeah, like I say, it applies to all kinds of things. Is uh, um, is uh, just just in general, people don't need all the possible reasons to vote for your candidate, to vote for your bill, to to sign your petition, or whatever. So so give them the one to three best <laughs> uh, reasons or the one to three reasons you have reason to believe they will, they will respond best to um, and save the rest in reserve. Cause you never know. Um, and, uh, and you're much less likely to shut someone off forever. If you, if you, so, so there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of applications but yeah the the opposition research type uh application is the most is the most obvious there but uh, well but then i would say this is also just policy making in general um which is what this is supposed to apply to so um so what texas did with abortion clinics
0: where uh
1: um, they wanted the uh, the hallways to be a certain width and the the doors to open in a certain direction and be a certain width and and the the, the drains to be of a certain gauge and and uh, and stuff like this. And if they, if they brought all that in all at once, then it would not have achieved their policy goal, which was to get abortion clinics to close, not actually to get abortion clinics to more safely to fifty percent of their patients um, perform their function. But uh, but their their actual goal was to get abortion clinics to close, and and so understanding what their real policy goal was, um, bringing those in slowly over the course of a couple of years. Um and and just every time the abortion clinic turns around, there's another thing that they need to comply with. That was much more effective than uh and it's also it's also just um it's also just recognizing lack of omniscience on the part of the policymaker that you can you can make one change and see what happens, see how effective that one change was and tailor your future changes um, in accordance with that. So, so there's, I think there's lots of applications here. um, But, but yeah, anyway, I'll let you comment. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Oh no, that's, that's all I had to say. I think that's uh, you know, also just a general rule of life like you know like don't 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 fire all your salvos at once save some save some ammo for later like it's just like whenever you're into any our, our politics philosophy theology like to if if you're if you're trying to win a debate if the goal is to win a debate don't shoot everything off at once um right yeah then we get to number three the one that we've already talked about because uh this is one we brought up uh on on our um uh Good and angry, whatever, or whatever the, the, the We're Getting Angry episode, or whatever that was, on that article on anger. Number three, don't get mad except on purpose. This, of course, we've already talked extensively about this one on that episode. I forget which number it is right now off the top of my head. I think it's 70 something, maybe. I it's in the 70s or upper 60s. Uh, I think it's 70 it might be 70 i don't know um anyway um uh but uh but but like you know it's it's uh well i mean yeah 70 uh, 70 exactly um uh but the general concept uh, of it is, is to to be rational in your anger, or like to use it as as ammo or as as uh, as power instead of letting it control you. It's like uh like we we said in that in that conversation, fire is good if you want to run an engine, but if you run, let it run free, it can burn down your whole can burn down your whole house. You know, it can be useful right. in its proper context if controlled. Controlled anger. And so I I thought that was, it's a good rule for life, not just uh, for public policy, but I can see how, especially if you are in politics, using that righteous fury at the right time can really push, um, push it over the edge. Um, There's certain things that you cannot speak dispassionately about and convince people that you actually care about it. No. Right. Right but at the same time if you're
1: letting yourself get mad on accident <laughs> you're going to be out of control and you're going to your your message will be less appealing yeah. to your audience and and uh and so uh so channeling that anger um and and using it using it well and not um and 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 never never, when you're out of control um is is definitely definitely the way to go, especially as- especially in the realm of public policy, but
0: like
1: like you say, it's a good rule for life generally
0: yeah but you know what I feel like a lot of politicians try to do this, but like they're emotionless lizard people, and so a lot of times, like, you'll you'll see that all the time. It happens a lot with, like, the crocodile tears of the fake tears of the emotionless monsters that are in the media and in politics. Like, they'll... Oof, the tears are just super fake. But it happens with the anger, too. Like, you just... You can tell. They were told, get really angry at this part. You know? Mm. <laughs> get really angry when you talk about this. Like, you need to... Pound... <laughs> pound them up, yeah. up the stand point, and, and like point weak here, pound lectern. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it, but then it's it always rings hollow because they're emotionless robots. They are lizard people pretending to be human. Like they're not uh, I should be clear, just in case anyone wondering. I don't actually believe that they are literal li- lizard men, um, but it's a great metaphor for the fact that they are not. They are they are something other than human. They are not like you and I. Some of, like especially these sort of created career people. These people who are properly manicured and never do anything except for it's it's been researched seven times and uh and, and it shows in the way they they pull out the crocodile tears when they need to but it always looks fake Um, except for their to their fans who will buy everything well and this is so um, I read this from a
1: Clinton staffer uh, sorry a Bill Clinton staffer who uh, um, Bill was
0: always better at this than Hillary was
1: for sure Um, who was really turned off by this that that they'd be they'd be going around the table, and in a strategy meeting, and an aide would walk out during the strategy meeting, and then come back a few minutes later with polling on a thing that they were talking about in the strategy meeting, um, and 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 bring it straight to uh, straight to Clinton, and and they were so turned off by this, but it, but then, but then he he used it pretty effectively but then the i think i think people miss the lesson there a once in a lifetime political talent like bill clinton who who just went not now <laughs> as he's gotten older but but when he was in his prime just oozed authenticity and charisma and 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 compassion and um that uh i mean the perfect the perfect example was when um was uh, at that debate when when uh bush again not the most recent one or the one before that but but the uh, uh h w bush um um when uh uh when George H.W. Bush was in that and um um and Ross Perot and Bill Clinton were in that town hall style debate and um and and someone asked um how can you basically how can you really care about the deficit if if uh because all three of you are are wealthy basically and uh, is was basically basically her question and she didn't actually mean deficit she meant um, how can you care if we go into recession or the recession when 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 all three of you are wealthy um, was was her basic question that she meant to say, but she used the wrong word she said deficit and uh, Ross Perot just started talking about the deficit and kind of ignored her question. Um, <laughs> George H.W. Bush was like, I don't understand. Are you saying that a person of means can't be hurt by the deficit? Of course, the deficit hurts all of us and started explaining it that way. And um, and and Bill Clinton just leans forward and is like, "You you know someone who's lost their job, don't you? And and uh, and she goes well. Yes, I do too. As a governor, governor of a small state, when when a when a business goes out of business, I know the people who who ran that business. And, and and he starts really he starts really leaning into the super super empathetic thing. And so it worked for him. And it didn't matter that none of them understood the question and none of them answered it because they didn't get it. Um, is. Uh, um, he he got he got that this was personal for her in some way he sort of guessed correctly what way that would be and really leaned into the empathy and that's where and, and that's where he can do this but where where if you're if if you're not just a once in a generation political talent you're not going to pull that off in the same way and it becomes very transparent when someone like say Hillary Clinton or Jeb Bush tries to do this right <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it's true um although if Hillary Clinton had followed Bill Clinton's advice in the in the 2016 election she probably would have won mm. you know like you, you she talk he talks about how uh if you look at the advice that she he wanted her to take but she didn't take um she probably would have won She'd He's he was probably right about what she did wrong. But of course they don't really talk that much anymore since they don't have to pretend to be married. <laughs> um Uh Okay, so that's but that thing is yeah, yeah well let's look at four. Effort is admirable, achievement is valuable. Effort is admirable, achievement is valuable. Um like I I struggle to come up with like biblical reasoning for it, but something about that rings true. Like there's kind of, uh, um, I mean, it's kind of like how, like there's, there's that old saying of like, you know, no matter how good the, uh, how good the strategy, sometimes you have to look at the results, Mm -hmm. you know, like it doesn't like how perfect strategy. The question is, what was the outcome? Like, um, sometimes the best test of while we are um, we're not pure rationalists nor are we pure empiricists um, we're closer to rationalists uh, at least in our approach to scripture like that scripture gives us the principles that we apply to and work out our our, our principles in life based on that um, but even so sometimes the best test of a theory is so how does it work? Like, is it working? If, if your perfect logic isn't working, then either something broke down in the implementation or something broke down in the logic. You know, like, uh, w- we believe in a God of reason who's created a world of order. And so we don't believe that you have to choose between principle and practice. Uh, that's one of the things that we, we believe in based on... The fact that God has said that He is this kind of God. Um, but if your principle isn't working, then the question is: if it's not working, the question you don't go to the next point of being like, well, you know, screw principle, try practice. The next thing you do is ask: is the principle off, or is the implication implementation of the principle off? Um. And so, like th- thats how I understand that to be saying: like, effort is admirable. Yeah. It's great. Okay, you did a good job. You we worked. But did you accomplish anything? Well, I don't think that's a blow off. I
1: think, I think, I think it's it's meant truly that effort is admirable. Yeah, that it is that it is that it is it is not wrong to admire effort, but that achievement is valuable. That yeah. that ultimately, and if you're if you're trying to implement a, a political policy, um a perfect political policy that does not actually pass or does not actually get implemented or or does not actually accomplish its goals is not a perfect political policy <laughs> so so that so that so that give me give me some imperfect but headed in the right direction achievements over (laughs) over perfect effort (laughs) i guess is yeah um
0: and uh and 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 that i would say i mean go ahead like there's a sense in which hard work is good like you like you say. i i'm i i love the protestant work ethic and i'm tired of acting like i don't Uh, i know the big popular thing among Libertarians recently was to take a crap on the Protestant work ethic, but I'm like, you're welcome for this country. Um, I I like the Protestant work ethic. I think it's biblical. I think it's uh admirable. But yet, there's something a sense in which, like, sometimes also you like you can charge, um, you can charge into something, and put a lot of effort into something that's a wasted effort. You're mm-hmm. also not going to accomplish anything. Like it's there, it's, you're, you're, it's like, um, you know, like pushing a square, pushing a square wheel up a hill when there's, uh, an option of a round wheel, that's going to be much more effective, you know, like great effort, but you're also not like, this could be done better in a different way. You know, work harder, not smarter. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, Patrick points out labor theory of value, basically. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> like, hey, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, this is the inside. This is this is sort of a a um, aphorized version of the inside of the marginal revolution that uh, <laughs> that um, that value comes from the subjective preferences of the people who are supposed to be receiving the value, not from the amount of labor, not from the amount of goods, not from the not not from the amount of value that was put into it um so uh uh yeah, so yeah, yeah that um and i would say that um that the uh, biblical wisdom here is you want to know the you want to know the tree look at it look at its fruit <laughs> yeah. you um uh, you you want to know what a fool looks like? One thing that a fool looks like is that he starts to build a tower and he doesn't have enough to finish it or that he goes, goes to war with 5,000 men, not knowing if he can beat 6,000 or whatever that, yeah. whatever the numbers were in that, in that, <laughs> in that example that Jesus gave, Right. So that huh. is um, um that, uh, that results at the end of the day do matter because it's yeah. real people that have to live with those results yeah. when you're making public policy it's real people who have to live with those results so so and and so this is where we say that like there is to an extent like i think sometimes it's overused but there is an extent to which saying spare me your purity tests what have you actually delivered like 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 uh that um Libertarian purism or anarchist purism um, might be admirable, but it's not valuable, <laughs> right? You're not you're not accomplishing something, and by not accomplishing something, you are leaving people immiserated in some way, right? So, so that so then so then there is real harm to uh, unrealized effort. Yeah. So, which which again, does not take away from the admirability of the effort, but it does mean that it did not deliver value.
0: Yeah. Can I say I've come up with one major criticism of the list already? Okay. Here it is. It's going to be devastating. These aren't laws. Hmm. They're aphorisms, yeah <laughs> they're proverbs, which honestly I think are yeah. more valuable than laws laws are narrow laws are good for what they for what they do, but laws are are narrow they're they're supposed to be specific, they're not supposed to have um wide applicability it's supposed to be concrete, something you can hang on to um they're uh they're they're, they're proverbs they're things that like are going to have multiple applications and multiple angles on them, but I think they're good at, the, at, at doing that. Um, so it's a devastating critique. I'm sure it'll never recover. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the laws aren't laws. Uh, this next one, I've been glancing at it as we've been talking and I'm interested. Uh, make the steel more expensive than it's worth make the steel more expensive than it's worth. This is where I can tell this is a conservative policy uh institute because they're assuming theft. They're assuming <laughs> there's going to be theft. That there's going to be stealing involved that we are uh our opponents are not going to play fair. Right. Because the left doesn't play fair. And so um you got two options. You can either not play fair back or you can um Head them off at the pass. You can keep your principles and find a way to head them off at the pass. And that's kind of, I think that's that's what this is is pointing toward, right? Is like saying, let's let's make it more work than it's worth for them to 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 lie, cheat, and steal. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Macaria yeah, that, exact- and Bertham theory of crime. Patrick says, I don't know what that means. Bentham. Bentham, he's talking about Jeremy Bentham. Oh, Bentham. Okay, utilitarian theory. Yeah,
1: Um, I thought I was utilitarian uh,
0: at one point. But,
1: um, but of crime that 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 you should tailor ethically tailor punishment of crime. That the yeah, that he just made the point in the chat. Make the punishment so painful that the pleasure sought is outweighed. Um, So. Make, make crime irrational in a pleasure pain calculus i um,
0: utilitarianism is about maximizing pleasure yep right and
1: and and
0: assumes
1: that that's what everyone naturally does it, it, right like assume assumes that humans are pleasure seeking and pain avoiding machines um so uh so yeah that that's a um so, so yeah, that's,
0: um, and yet this is, um, we understand that this is a, a, they're not literally saying steel, like, like, uh, that this, this is a, 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 um, figurative as, a, application of that Bentham, uh, theory. Sure. Sure. And this would be, this would be, um,
1: this could apply to, um, a seat in the legislature, Right. So you hold a seat in the legislature. Um, do everything you can to to to. It, you cannot you cannot ulti- ultimately prevent your opponents from beating you with enough time resources. <laughs> they can beat you, but what you can do is make it not worth it to them. <laughs> that that in. In the amount of time and effort it takes to take one seat from you, they're losing two, right? That's 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 practically applying it to uh, elections, but um, but even to policy positions. Look, yeah, so uh, so the other party wants to um, put an amendment on your bill that guts it of. <laughs> Uh, of some of its important points make it make it so make it harder for them to pull that off than it is worth for them to have pulled that off that's that's the idea and so it's just always um, uh, I mean very practically a political organization is going to have data sitting around uh, dead on its supporters sitting around um uh, on its computers and and in its offices and and it's and it's uh phone banks and stuff like that um you can never completely prevent that data from slipping into your opponent's hands but you can make it more difficult for them to get a hold of that data than it is worth for them to get a hold of that data <laughs> right and, and so all of, all of those things make the steal more expensive than it's worth um yeah that's that that's sort of a general principle that applies to a lot of things in politics. Yeah, it
0: makes and a lot yes, of sense. And you're
1: right, it's assuming it's assuming that the that the other side is full of subversives.
0: <laughs> and cheaters. Yeah, I mean that's that's what the, yeah. the when, when you when I mean it's it's funny they tell them themselves when they start organizations called by any means necessary like we know like they're telling on themselves they're like it's like when when your opponent tells you who they are believe them you know it's very like we don't do that enough with the left it's like we still assume good motives even after they've told us that they are not will that they they don't have good motives and they don't have good methods they've told on us in their political philosophy they told on us in their um, names of their organizations they are going to steal they're going to cheat and so you can either lie cheat and steal back in which case you've given up the high ground and also because they are also uh, cheaters, they are also going to. Since they have no sense of morality, they are willing to use uh, your sense of morality against you. It's something that always right. we talk about too. And that's really when we were talking about uh, earlier the, the issue of, of like they call you a racist and you defend immediately want to defend your and ra- you like yourself, and be like I'm not a racist because they're going to use the, your morality against you. They don't actually care if you're a racist or not. Like, spoiler alert, they don't actually care. This is about shutting you up so they can do whatever they want. Like, right? they don't right. care that you offended someone. You know how I, they don't care that you offended some that you used offensive language. Like, there was a meme going out uh, out there about, like, uh, 2016, the left, F-Trump. 2017, F-Trump. 2018, F-Trump. 2019, F-Trump. 2020, F-Trump. 2021, and then it goes to the other side, it says, uh, right, let's go, Brandon. The left, <gasps> you know, like that. They'll feign moral outrage when you use the naughty language, even though they don't care. They don't care. Like that, they, they will try and use your morality against you. And so, what can you do? Right. You can try. You can, if you try, but but if you try to play their game, they're going to use that against you. And so, I think this makes sense. Like, so just make the steal more more work than it's worth. Make it so that yes, they can steal this from you. But, uh, and, and and like, it it doesn't tell you how, but you got to find a way to do that. This is why you're doing public policy and not me. Like you need to come up with a way to make this harder to steal than it's worth stealing. And, you know, I think it's good advice. I think there's a sense in which the right did that though, with, um, Roe v. Wade. Like they tried to steal it but they made it so much work that they like and it's become such a because of the work they did building the the building the groundwork of of building a pro life movement that's impervious to the lies of the enemy that has all the answers that has all the truth that you know like you said they had to shift immediately away from like uh, you said that i believe leave it in your uh actually I think it's in the podcast that hasn't dropped yet but by the time this episode comes out it will have uh but you yeah. talked about how um how um they immediately had to shift off of Roe v uh, off of abortion because they saw that it was a losing ah. issue right away right and so and, they, and they talk,
1: and talk about gay marriage and and yeah. interracial marriage and and birth control and yeah everything else
0: we, they made the seal wor- more worth than more work than it was worth and so they had to leave they 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 tried to get something started but they found out it, it failed and it That's wasn't right. going to work and nothing was going to happen of it and in oh, fact, they and, were losing ground in the polls because of it.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, and one more, one more application that is okay. really important. So then, so then, um, say an organization like mine has a vote lined up. Uh, it has has someone's vote has a has a politician's vote in the bag. Um. uh for for a bill, for a for a proposal. Um, it is not impossible that the other side could sway that vote back in their direction. But but one way you make the steal <laughs> uh, more expensive than it's worth is by so very practically by immediately announcing that this person is voting for your bill. Yep. So then you better come with some really good reasons because now I'm going to get caught flip-flopping if I flip-flop, right? Like so it's just very practically like um uh there are a lot of ways that you can that you can you you can't you can't keep people from going wobbly, but you can but you can make it much harder for them to wobble. <laughs> um by uh by sort of lashing them to the position that you've got them in temporarily. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so that would be another, that would be another, uh, very practical application of, of this idea.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So number six, I think this one's really interesting as a practical thing. Um, you've got, uh give them a title and get them involved uh i think that's fascinating that's uh, because it's it's so true but in some ways it's also like this is uh i i I've, I've seen it before uh in the uh the attractional church movement
1: mm.
0: like that is really like isn't that that's kind of the attractional church uh, uh. approach is you you get them like you get them through the door, the door, and immediately you find a way to get them involved in in volunteering, and to that's the best way to keep them on on your team. Um, uh, and while that might be dubious, uh, on uh, in the church, and uh, theologically, um, it makes a sort of sense when you when you think about it, um, politically, right? Like you wanna. The best way to keep a person on your side is give them ownership of the argument. Like, I think about sometimes how... um <laughs> There's been a few times where I've been like wavering on my th- on my libertarian uh, views, and I've been like, but I already started an organization called the Flyover Libertarian. I already have a <laughs> podcast. Like, how am I supposed to change my mind? And it's funny because I've I've had to suspend that and like set it aside to be like, okay, I can't let this be a decider in my trying to think through these things. Um, but that, but that is something of like I-, I think there is something of like if you give them ownership they're less likely to flip right right right
1: yeah well and that would and so i mean this most obviously applies to campaigns um so okay once again an important um an important uh, so say someone who already holds a seat endorses you, like, likes your campaign. Congratulations, you're the campaign chair. What does the campaign chair do? It's like a producer on a movie. Could be a lot, could be almost nothing. Right, like, but, but you're now the campaign chair and you get to decide what yep. that means. Uh, I mean, this, this is what happened to me when I was 14 years old um, <laughs> um, and, uh, and I was asked, um, would you like to be the uh, chairman of the Garland County Republican Party? And I said, uh, what would the chairman of the Garland County Republican Party do? And I said, what do you want to do? Um, He's <laughs> like, we, we, we just want you to come and get involved. We don't care what you do. <laughs> yeah. And and so, and, and 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 there's an extent to which, um, and, and campaigns are definitely that way. Like, you're not going to pay most of the people you need to be, you need to be, working, putting in way too many hours on this campaign. So, uh, so you, um, congratulations. You're the fifth person to walk in the door. You are the volunteer coordinator, you know? (laughs) Um, uh, Congratulations, you knocked that door like a pro. You are the canvassing coordinator, uh, you know? And, 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 uh, uh, and, and, and then, but that's also genuinely helpful sometimes for people who um, want to show that they have political experience. Um, you say, oh, well, mm-hmm. I, I volunteered on X number of campaigns. And people go, eh, okay, like volunteered. You, you went and knocked on a couple doors, you made a couple of phone calls, you, you asked your uncle for money. Like, what do <laughs> what, what, what you, but if you say, I was the phone bank coordinator, for X campaign Goes a lot further right so As much as possible It's mutually beneficial to give them a title Because they will yeah. um, They will do more work for your Campaign for your movement for your organization um, yeah. And It's useful for them to yeah. be able to Demonstrate what this is that they spent Their time on
0: <laughs> uh, More
1: more persuasively In the future
0: although it Backfires slightly When you say just give a producer credit to a guy named Randy and you expect him to to get more active and uh in the end he just does nothing and uh wastes your time um that's true. That's true. I'm just saying giving him the title did not help. Yeah.
1: Uh I I have occasionally fired
0: volunteers with titles on
1: political campaigns by the way. Um <laughs> and uh, And, 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 and so um, it's always funny to fire a volunteer because you're saying like, what, like (laughs) you would rather me not come into the office at all. Like, yes, that's what we're saying. Um, (laughs)
0: Saying saying your presence here is actually getting in the way. Uh, uh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, uh, but
0: yeah, but
1: yeah, as a principle of, of, motivating people um this is uh um this is going to be going to be effective more often than you can imagine
0: (laughs) yeah randy who came into existence when he didn't record my audio yes patrick that's what happened um i mean no that's not what happened we always had a producer and it was never my fault it was never my fault (laughs) that's got to be one of the rules right never accept blame uh, we'll see. Uh, but let's look at number seven. This is one that I'm looking at and I'm like, you're going to have to sell me on this one. Because maybe okay. I'm coming at it from a, just a different perspective. But um, it says number seven, expand the leadership. I come from a perspective being in more of a church. Um, leadership. And, and I start to think like, this is actually my biggest complaint against the whole leadership, all, you know, the leadership training thing that you always had. Like, you know, I went to world worldview leadership Academy and this leadership Academy and this leadership, whatever. And every one of you guys, by virtue of your existing, you are a leader and you are influencing these people. And I, um, I, and I, I think, there is an extent to like, from my perspective, like if everyone's a leader, no one's a leader. And so, w- so what is this saying? That is it, is it saying, is it, is it pairing with number six on purpose? Yeah, I think it, I think it pairs pretty well with number six. I think it's also
1: just a recognition that an, an organization, especially a political organization, um, can become very stale and self-serving if the leadership stays static for too long.
0: Okay.
1: That, that if, you're not, if you're not bringing new people into the leadership, then you're going to start, then you're going to be missing, um, you're going to be missing the developments in your movement. That that's what I would say about about okay. political movements. Political movements you'll be m- missing the developments in your movement if your if your leadership is remaining static. But and it's also those, just a just a, if your if your organization is growing, you're going to want to expand the leadership yeah. as well. So
0: so that so although that although in that case you are expanding it somewhat down not just out but downward like like uh, oh i agree um because like just on the face of it i'm like but can't that also create um schizophrenia in the leadership where you've got different leaders doing different things and like um if there's not a, a clearly defined hierarchy it's good to get new blood to help people think about developments and things going on but at the same time like if you get i think sometimes you know there's that principle of too many cooks in the kitchen spoil the broth you know like if you if you've got too many cooks too many people working on a project sometimes um it can make it worse than if no one is involved and so i i, I feel like there's sometimes got to be a case where um you gotta shed some leadership if you're gonna make it, or 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 bring in leadership as consultants who are not actually in charge of ultimately in charge of the direction of the movement i think um i don't know I just, especially thinking in in terms of uh a church if there's too many visions too many com- competing visions um the organization's going nowhere it's getting pulled in two different directions we've become like a push me pull me from the old uh Dr. Doolittle stories, you know, the that wants to go this way, the other side wants to go this way, and they don't go anywhere. You know? Yeah, I th-
1: I, I think though that there, there is on some level an assumption that we're that we're we're starting from so so again, one of the most common ways this is going to apply for political professionals is a campaign so you're starting from a much smaller set of people than you're going to need to accomplish the goals of your campaign. And that's one of the things that I'll see I'll see campaigns make this mistake where they keep the people with titles and the leadership very tight to the people who were there from the beginning and and they wonder why their volunteers keep quitting. And why they they ultimately have a very small set of volunteers. It's because they're not they're not letting the campaign grow with the influx of volunteers. Okay.
0: Um,
1: and 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 uh, and I would say that um to some extent what I'm doing is a slower version of a campaign. Um, <laughs> um, right. Um, where um. Where it's going to be important, it's going to be important for for uh, for me to start including people more and more explicitly as as volunteer leaders in the organization as as the organization grows, um, and that if if um, um that that if if that ever if that ever fully stops. Happening it it's probably Bodes poorly for the organization Um
0: You know i and i think that's Why I i do okay so i from that perspective, i'm like yeah absolutely oh absolutely As an organization grows you have To expand the leadership um Uh to match the To keep uh, to, To match the need if for No other reason like you know i remember Um someone talked about like what's the optimal leadership uh ratio for the church and he's like you know like well he came from a bit a very much a attractional church, church business model, and uh he came up with a rather arbitrary number of one to ten. And I was like, you know, as far as arbitrary numbers go, that's not a bad one. Uh of like True. a goal of having leadership one to ten. Now of course we we acknowledge that they have to be biblically qualified leaders. I don't know that he would necessarily say that, but from our perspective we trust God that if we only have six leaders in a congregation of eighty that even though we're not you know six leaders between deacons and elders even though we because I would consider both in my in that ratio I consider both deacons and elders so if we only have six deacons and elders in a church of eighty we trust the Lord that we are able to do the work with six out of eight with a six to eighty ratio you know six to eight ratio uh, that'd be a I don't know, what is that? Like, whatever, I'm not doing the math. Um but but yet we still say like we're gonna keep an eye out for it. we wanna get two more leaders. And so we're praying for two more leaders. We are pouring into people who can become leaders. Like there is a sense in which like if we want to handle the work necessary for for this, we we need two more we need a couple more leaders. Um but I think also but I think that's it probably looking at an organization there's there's a sense in which you want to keep your leaders a slight bit ahead of the work right where like like slightly right. more than you need in slightly expectation than you, need. than you that right. you're going to continue to expand
1: Yeah well I I so I looked up just to see just to make sure that we weren't getting too far afield from what Morton Blackwell thought this phrase meant so I, I looked it up and, and, and to where he expanded it out a little more and he says do your best to locate recruit train and place other conservatives in the political process attrition of leadership is more severe in party organizations than in almost any other activity phyllis schlafly says with some justice that the county party chairman is the worst job in politics which is why they were looking for a fourteen-year-old to do it back in the day. Um, many people burn out quickly. <laughs> As you build the size of your base of effective activists, it is natural that your own position within the party will gradually improve. So that's um, so so okay. So he's partially not talking about an organization that you already lead. And that's that's one of the places where where I wasn't I wasn't thinking accurately. Uh, fully accurately about the main application he had in mind, um, he's he's talking about an organization that that basically you are trying to infiltrate. So, in other words, a lot of the objections that you brought up are intentional. So, this is this is you're a Tea Party Republican, and and the old school Republicans hold these leadership positions, but they're attritioning. And 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 every time someone quits, one of yours is in is ready to take their place. That's yeah. that's that's I think what he that's I think the main thing he means actually there or the main application he has in mind.
0: Yeah, um, and then you can spin it around the other direction of like you know looking at music caucus now as as uh, taking control of the libertarian party. You also want to have people ready in the wings for when the ch- the. Yeah. You, the good guys are going down. You got to have people in the wings yeah. to, to take a step up there too. Well, and that's the thing. So, so this is more,
1: more important for conservatives than it is for liberals because, um, because we do other things. We, we uh, start families. We start businesses. We yeah. build churches. We start charities. We serve our community. Uh, yeah. Yeah. we, um, we are much more likely to do other things than to make politics our idol, um, and, mm-hmm. and 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 only Absolutely. and I, I I've I've seen it where where in some of these leftist positions the same person will hold the position for forty years
0: and that just doesn't happen else. on the side yeah because their cats don't mind if they come home late
1: right exactly
0: yeah yeah and it's
1: usually it's usually a University-aged woman who becomes a seventy-year-old woman, and in the meantime, nothing changed. She just um, the 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 the, her Bolshevik politics were the most important thing to her the entire time. It didn't
0: didn't really change much. So, so and she and her wife aren't aren't uh, having children.
1: (laughs) Right there, you go. Um, So 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 yeah. Whereas on on our side, this is way more important. Than it is on the other side because yeah, um, because sense. we're going to naturally have more attrition. Yeah, so that, we need to be ready yeah. to replace those people.
0: And and then just to slightly say, I know this is for public policy, but there's a there are there are church applications as well. Like I think that's why sabbatical sabbaticals for non-paid elders. I I am hugely mm. in favor of that. Like if if if, if I am. If I've been an elder for four years, and I have to, I have children at home, I have work, I have other things that I do, I have other interests that I'm involved with, and I've been an elder for four or five years, and it's a hard job, and I'm just like, I can't go any longer. But if I know that in two years, I'm going to get all year long break, I can go a little bit harder, a little bit longer. And that one year break can be a huge thing. Or like, if you just give an elder a one-year break, and we say, "All right, now it's it's June. You're going off the board. You're not expected to come to any meetings. Be like, you know, you've got a place here. If you ever if you ever hear of a, of a vote that you care about and you want to come and talk about it, you you're welcome to come. But you're not expected to do this stuff. We're gonna like if we if we have a shepherding, if we have a shepherding group, we're gonna break up your flock into and and have them go with other shepherds for just this year." someone else is going to cover your flock. Um you just be a Christian, be a husband, be a church goer for a year. At the end of the year come and if we've said uh, in June, we're going to bring you back on. That's the expectation. You, you know you agreed to this. Then they come back on in June, they're going to have all the energy ready to come back in and I think um yeah, there's got to be systems in place to help that because yeah, like you said, they have other things going on. That's the hardest thing about elders that they do want to do the work of an elder that the Bible calls them to, but sometimes they have so many other things going on. Uh, and yeah, I think it's it's a I think it's a good observation. And and so I we I we've only gotten through seven uh, out of forty five, which is a good start. But, but seven, but seven, it's a good number. Good number, perfect. That's a magic number. Did you get that, Patrick? Did you catch it? Congratulations, you catch it? Patrick! <laughs> you got one. I got you. I got, you got one. Uh, it's been so long though that you forgot about the project, and now you can't find it back. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think I don't know. I found this more interesting than I thought I would. Okay, so uh, you won you me go. over. We might spend a couple. We might spend another week on this, uh, especially if I continue to drag my heels about <laughs> about putting a. The issue isn't that I'm not doing it. The issue is that I it's hard for me to put a stopper on the bottle once I've opened it <laughs> yeah. or, or like, it's like, you know, sometimes you just like tweaking the painting. Uh, you know, the, 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 when you're, uh, or if you're like working with a poem, you're tweaking the poem forever and eventually you just have to go for it. Um, uh, <laughs> and we'll, um, uh, so, so once, uh, while I'm postponing, the final product. Maybe we can go over this for a couple, this, couple this more is, This is
1: where me and Iowa and Cap are very different because as, as you have, as you, you listeners have learned about me, uh, I am totally okay talking about things that I am not an expert in like sage grouse <laughs> and, and, uh, and land management and, and, and all sorts of things. Um, and, uh, uh, and so, so I, I, I probably do even study the passages even less than uh, IONCAP, but I am totally fine. I'm I'm totally fine. Just all right, ILNCAP's ready. So am I, let's go. Right. right, Like whenever, whenever I'll just, I'll study and I'll study until you're ready. And then, we're ready to go. Um, pure. And, uh, and I, I get that that uh, <laughs> is not your style, especially with the Bible, which I uh, definitely respect.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, but so, uh, but, but, but now we have something good we can go through. And I like, I like, I like having a couple things that I can just react to, um, so that I can put more effort into the, to the, the Bible. Um, but yeah, um, but you know what you can do in the meantime? uh, you can encourage me in my pursuit of, of biblical knowledge uh, by liking and subscribing and clicking that little notification bell and giving us a five-star rating and following us on whatever podcaster that you are on and maybe on a couple others. You know, you, I, I won't know. The algorithm doesn't know that you're not actually listening on Google Podcasts when you're only listening on... Apple Play, but 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 I will know that you subscribed, and I will appreciate it. Um, and and you know what? Maybe if you're listening on Spotify, just open our podcast and then mute it, and then run it in the background of whatever you're doing. The algorithm doesn't know that you're not actually watching it. I, but but you'll it helps us, and so we'd appreciate it, and that's an encouragement to us as we keep going and keep doing what we're doing. Uh as well as following us on social media at IOANCap on Twitter at JParkYYC on Twitter. Um uh, we would appreciate that. And um and of course, if you're like sitting around being like, oh I've got this dollar in my pocket, this leftover dollar in my budget every month, and I don't know what to do with it. Well I can give you a place to, to go with it
1: inflation has burdened me with extra weight in my pockets
0: right you can take that dollar and you can throw it at us that dollar that is gradually becoming more and more worthless in your pocket you can throw it at us and it can become worthless in our pocket by going to coffee.com slash flyover Just one dollar a month we give you and, and see because the truth is the our our prices are not going up and so that means that our benefits are only increasing in value, uh, as as we, what we offer um, is when you for a dollar a month, what you what do you get? You get access to the live chat, either as it goes or the live feed as it goes, and you can be in the chat with Patrick, uh, depending on how late in the night you stay up. We we go live every week at ten thirty. We'll at least try to. We were a little late tonight. Um, and we have as part of that we have a exclusive. Um, subscribe, so uh, pay, uh, supporting members only, uh, pre-show that only goes on that. We never, we will never put that out on the, the live show. So you get to come hear me today. I talked about, um, Sabbath and a theology of Sabbath and, uh, maybe it'll come up in a later episode, but for now you, it was just me working out things with, with, uh, with the hearers and with the chat. And so you can get that, and you can and 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 ha- as you have access to this right away, you also get to watch it before anybody else does. This episode, in particular, as it drops live, it was actually recorded two weeks before it came out. And so you could have already seen this if you had gone to buymecoffee.com/flyover. And most importantly, the biggest benefit that we give you is access to Hi. the Discord channel, uh, our Hi. secret Discord channel you get to hang out and chat and get to know us. And also you can be part of the shaping of our thinking and the things that end up on this show. Um, uh, and and to get, uh, it's like an AMA every day. Um, and, and some of the AMAs is from us. Sometimes we're asking you anything and it gets uncomfortable and you wish you weren't supporting us in our discord, but you stick with it because the other benefits are still worth it. Um, And yeah, these are are all the Uh, best. Jesus Jesus told
1: you, make friends of yourself by unrighteous mammon. And we will take your unrighteous mammon and be your friends. (laughs) And Patrick will be your friend. Kitty Room will be your friend. uh, David Jones will be your friend. Um, Only we're taking your unrighteous mammon, but we'll all be your friends um, (laughs) in exchange for that unrighteous mammon. And 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 then you can be living out. The that's gospel. Right. It's in the gospel, I'm pretty sure. So, you're <laughs> living out the gospel uh, by making friends <sighs> of
0: unrighteous family. I would not be surprised to see the stream go down just like it was like <laughs> lightning hand of God right at that moment. <laughs> uh, but also at, at, at buymecoffee.com, you can give us a one-time donation of $5 and request a topic that we have to talk about. Because $5, we have to talk about that topic that you request. And that's, uh, that's a great thing that you can do. Wait. Again, you can support. Uh, Tell us what after that last thing. Please, no one ask us to talk about Luke sixteen. Well, within reason, yeah, we always have right of 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 (laughs) refusal, Um, but we will return your money if we refuse it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then um, one thing that we keep forgetting to plug, that's been forever, is uh, you can also send us an email. Uh, You can leave us a comment if you're you're watching on YouTube, or if you heard it on on audio, you can go over to our YouTube and leave a comment under it uh, after the fact. Um, Or you can send us an email at anarchistbiblestudy at gmail.com. Let me put a a push for the um, comments on our YouTube. Again, that does help the algorithm. It helps us with our our reach. Um, So maybe leave a small comment there about how much you love the show and how handsome the guys are. I'm not going to write your words for you. Uh, but, uh, and then you can also send us an email, anarchistbiblestudy at gmail.com, and we will answer it there. And we would appreciate anything that is not a bot. So be sure to do that. Um, however, if, if you are a leftist trying to infiltrate our organization, then we're, we don't want you to send an email at that email. We have a special email for you in that case. And that email is... Nicholas.Sarwork at CIA.gov uh, Rats <laughs> 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 Oh, yes. Yeah. Like commenting and sharing really does help uh, as Patrick says in the chat and we would appreciate it. Um, and yes, emails are fun. Uh, be sure to send those uh, comments that we would love to hear from you. And, and, um, and if you yeah. think about
1: think of a comment about the the topic of our show, or our handsomeness, or about theology in general. Uh, well, you we've know, already
0: given you it, so much there, but go on.
1: I, there's so much on the table. You could you could <laughs> you, you you can uh, um, you can literally uh, just comment. You know. Um, your your favorite flavor of ice cream or whatever, and it That's still right. works just the same. So, if I was so, really uh, good at this
0: clickbait thing, I would come up with a topic for you to comment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go. So, uh, um, yeah. but but that does apparently that helps. <laughs> so, I who who knows the uh, the uh, the YouTube links do. They, they keep their own counsel on such, such things. And, <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes they require
0: sacrifices. That's um, right. And uh, we, for one, welcome our YouTube overlords. But, of course, most importantly, the most important thing you can do is make your way right back here next week. and Join us again. We take anarchy to church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. Grace and peace. Grace and peace.